Hello from Bear and Kura, a podcast from the Land of Oz Information Services. This is episode 38 of the Bear and Kura podcast. We're going to talk about our legacy. What would the epitaph on your tombstone say? I told you I was sick. Really? That's what it would say? Actually, I I don't want a tombstone. Yeah, I'm aware of that. I think uh, mine would say, I knew this was going to happen, or I'd try to play like a champion all my life. Well, that's very positive, especially compared to mine. Well, yeah, I mean, you don't even want to be buried. Actually, I I would really like to have my body donated to one of those, um, what do they call it, um, a death farm where, where they leave people to decay in different situations and then scientists and doctors examine it to see how it worked. Oh, yeah, but you still want it with like a gravestone where people can go out and... No, I don't think so. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I've investigated this, and if you weigh more than 200 pounds, they don't want you. Well, I guess we could just cut off a limb before they take you away. <laughs> I, I don't really know what, maybe it's the shipping, uh, I, I don't know why. Hmm. You would think that there'd be plenty of people over 250 pounds that they would want statistics on. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean... So, uh, guess more meat to uh, study. I mean, or maybe they just already have too many. They just have a tough time getting skinny people. Mm, I, I I don't know. I don't know. It's kind of a kind of a, a morbid uh, discussion, but it is Halloween, I guess. So. Oh yes, it's Halloween today. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought of that. Yeah. No, I think, I, you know, it's, I always joke, the day you're born is the day you start dying, so I think it'd be funny just to, you know, I knew this was going to happen, type of thing on there, and then, I guess, like, an homage to my Notre Dame fandom, I, you know, I try to play like a champion all my life, I think that's kind of neat, I don't know, I just thought of that right before we started this, so. So, I guess we will have to save that for your funeral. Yeah, yeah, well, well it's not, hopefully that's not anytime soon. So, but I guess, you know, you don't really have control over when it does happen, so. True. But. What is the purpose of your life? The purpose of my life? Wow. Um, I don't know. I don't think I have any higher purpose. I, I probably just to live it. Just to be happy. Love the people I love. Have them love me. I don't know. I, 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 I mean, does it sound hokey? I mean. I don't think I have any higher purpose. I, you know, I don't think I'm anything special. I hope the people that I share my life with are happy that I'm in it. I'm pretty sure they are. Well, I would hope so. I mean... Uh, I think the purpose of life is just to live it. What's that quote from Auntie Mae? The student loan debt people? No. no, no I know, Auntie I'm kidding. Mame. That's Annie Mae. No, joking. no. It's something like... Life is a buffet, and most poor bastards are starving. 
Yeah, that's probably pretty true. That's pretty spot on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. So, what are you trying to accomplish? Well, I've I've always wanted to provide people with important information. I, I think I did that far more when I ran the Land of Oz bulletin board and the Game Formation Line service. Since I retired those things, I kind of retired from that life, I think. Yeah. Well, you think you might be doing some good with the podcast? Yeah, it, it it's going out there. You can't really force people to listen, but um, maybe we have some wisdom to impart. And yeah, I just that's the one thing about the podcast. I wish this we uh we had a little bit more feedback. Um, you know, I guess you told me last week that uh I guess our downloads have gone up quite a bit, but I don't know. It is neat, but it is like talking into a like a a black hole. You don't know who's out there listening or, you know, I don't think we impart too much wisdom. I think we're just pretty open and honest people who just kind of talk. So, I don't know. What is your larger struggle? Oh, well, I still have to answer what am I trying to accomplish. Oh. And I'm trying not to accomplish much. (laughs) I don't have um, any higher purpose or anything like that. Like I said, I'm just trying to live my life. I don't know. Just be me. That's pretty much it. Like I said, try to mean mean something to the people in my life. Have them mean something to me. But I don't have any... I don't know. It's When you're younger, you have all these dreams and expectations and goals. And I, I don't know. Uh, it just might be my frame of mind right now or not. I, I don't know. I don't feel... Like I have any of those right now, so. So you don't have a larger struggle either, I would guess. No, right now I do. What's your larger struggle? I don't know. Um, just you, you go first. I, I'm not ready to answer this just yet. I don't think I have a larger struggle either. I, I feel like um, I don't know. My best days are behind me, and I'm just sort of coasting to the end yeah and i guess i guess my larger struggle right now is just a slight depression um sorry um just not feeling good about things right now so why is that i mean you've talked about it um just the way life's been going recently so um i apologize uh, just problems with my leg and not being able to do certain things that I want to enjoy. Uh, just, excuse me. Well, the, the current wound that you have is almost certainly a result of your prosthetic. Yeah. And they just completely redid your prosthetic. It It sounds like that wasn't adequate. Yeah, and I mean it's and it's it doesn't seem to be taken taken care of. So I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna crossroads to decide what I wanna do. But I'm just I'm tired. Um just I don't I I work and I can't even do that really. So I basically come home and sit on a couch all day long. So 
hints of depression. So, let's move along. I don't want to dwell on this. I'm not here. It's not the time or the place. Why not? I just don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Okay. People listen to this podcast, and they say it gets pretty intimate, and that we're open with our feelings, so I guess I'll just let... I'll, let, I'll ride with that. Um, I just... Just down about it. You know that. Um, and just used to be so active. And now I'm not. And I feel like I'm less than. Less than what? Everything. My life resolves around getting up, doing chores for a little bit. Uh, not being able to work. And sitting on my ass, waiting for something to heal. And it's frustrating. Um, it's frustrating as all get out. Um, I'm used to being active. Um, you know, used to being healthy and fit and working out and being an athlete and knowing the direct opposite of that. Um, do you so. think professional athletes go through this when, when they're past their prime? Yeah, probably. What would you advise them? I, I don't know the answer myself. I can't advise anybody at this point. No speculation? What do you mean by speculation? I mean, I can give them the, the, the rah-rah, cheer up, you'll get through this, blah-blah-blah, bullshit. But, you know, I guess I guess it'll pass. So that's what I just got to keep looking forward to. Uh, the healing will come, and then I'll be back. But well, right, Especially if you're not working. You're not standing on it for eight hours a day. Yeah, that's true. I don't know. I'm just, I'm, I'm tired of that. I'm tired of the pain. Um, you have had much worse wounds and come back from it numerous yeah. times. This just right now, just, I don't know why. It just, this, this, it just seems so... It just got me beaten down so much right now. I mean, trust me, I want to get out of this fog. I, I do. But it's just really difficult. Um, You're not really the kind of person to stay down for very long. Yeah, maybe that's why this is bothering me so much. It feels like I have been. Sorry to spring this on you during the podcast. Even when your leg was amputated... You didn't stay down for very long. No, but I had something to work. I guess I have something to work for too now. I, I, I don't know. I, I guess it's just finally wearing me out. Um, I mean, as I just said, I have seen you come back from far worse, and I'm confident that you will come back from this as well. Well, that means a lot. I mean, it means a whole lot. But I don't know. I guess it's a multiple of different things that just got me down right now. So. Stuff like I guess we talked about in the last podcast um, a little bit, but it's just, I don't know. This, I guess it's not different, but it is different. I guess uh, before I always had an upbeat attitude about it, that I was going to beat it. And right now, I, I'll i beat it, but I, I, I just I just feel like I'm getting punched in the face and not having a chance to even look up. So... See, already I can see a, a little bit more positive from you. How's that? By me getting punched in the face? No, 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 no. 
when you say you, you know you will come back? Well, that's all I can do. I mean, there's no other, there's no other answer. I mean, what other answer is there? True. Um, I, I I felt that way after the gallbladder thing, when the doctor said it's kind of a big deal that you're still alive. Mm -hmm. For oh, what was it? Several weeks. I yeah. was pretty down. Yeah, you were down for a long time. But it it didn't last. Yeah, I guess things will pass. It's just, I mean, just right now, I don't feel like... It, 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 okay, like I said, I'm, I'm depressed. It's not like you need to put a suicide watch out for me or anything like that. But I just, I, I like right now, nothing, I don't find... I mean, yeah, I'm a huge sports fan. I watched... Notre Dame winning the other day, I could care less. Normally, that gets me up and cheering. Yesterday, I watched Notre, or, uh, the 49ers beat the Rams. It's a rival game. I dozed off in the third quarter. I, I, things that used to bring me m so much joy, I'm just like, nah, whatever. It, it just, it, it doesn't anymore. I don't know if I need to find something different. Um, I don't have the urge to draw or sketch or anything like that anymore. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 the good thing is I got three new books today to read on my tablet, but that's just an excursion to get out of my own head. So I think that's my biggest problem is that I get in my own head and then I think too much. And then I just, so I know I'm rambling. So I apologize for that. Well, you've already made a list of things that bring you joy. They used to. You need to find new things. Like, what? I am confined to the couch. I'm sure that there's a new TV show. Um, you haven't done your game night with your old friends from high school in a long time. Uh, I want to. See, I mean, stuff like that. It, it just it, it doesn't show. I have no interest in doing it. Well, it's okay to plateau for a while and reevaluate. Okay. I, I don't think it's a permanent thing. Yeah, I hope not. You want to go on with the next question? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if we the podcast must go on, so thanks for listening, everybody. Or whoever's listening, I guess. Okay. Uh, what legacy would you like to leave when you die? Um, that I didn't die. It'd be kind of nice to not die. So you want to live forever? Uh, I don't know. I was just trying to lighten the mood. No, no, that's good. I, I know. I, I, I don't want to live forever. I, I don't want to live. And I know this sounds terrible after talking about what I just talked about. But, you know, you see these people living to like 100. And I, I'm not even 50 yet. And life is very difficult now. I can't imagine being in my 80s or 90s and... Yeah, I just can't imagine. I mean, I mean yeah, I, you know, I, I wouldn't want to live forever. <laughs> well, like when they say smoking and drinking will, will take five years of your life away. Well, what they don't realize is those are the ass end of your years anyway, and they're not so great. So, oh, well, maybe that's what I should start doing and drinking again. <laughs> I, I don't think you'd. 
Yeah, I need. I need you want to go for that, and I want to do that either. I'm, I'm not. I quit that years ago, and I don't plan on ever going back to that. So, I don't think it's reasonable to want to have uh, like your memory last forever. Um, it's just not reasonable. There have been a hundred and seventeen billion people who have lived and died up until now in the history of the planet. So if there's a heaven, it's going to be really, really populated. Or hell's going to be really, really populated. That's not where I was going. I know. There, there, those 117 billion people left no legacies. I mean, we, no, we don't have no. enough libraries to hold all no, those stories. No, every, everybody leaves a, a legacy. You might not know who they are, but you, the words came out of your mouth. When someone dies, the whole universe dies with them. So you you can't say that, and it depends really upon how. It, 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 that's that's such a bleak way to look at it. I mean, like if you died, you your legacy would last with me, and then the people who loved you. Um, you might not be in books and stuff like that, or you know people might not write about you in the future, but you still have a lasting legacy, and that's what I hope I do. Um, I suppose I would, but it would be like a teaspoon out of the ocean. No, can you imagine all those people you helped when you had the gay information hotline? All those people that you, that I, hate, I hate bringing this up, the people that you that you buried that you knew from the AIDS crisis, um, you meant something to all of them. Now look, now I'm trying to bring you up. I mean... So, I have already accomplished much of my legacy. Well, no, we still have a lot of future to build together, too. I mean, I, you know, my, this sounds really pathetic, but I guess not. I mean, my, my world revolves around you. I mean, and it's not just because you're, you know, my husband and caretaker, but everything about you, I, I adore. I mean, you piss me off like nobody else can, but you make me happier than no one else can. Um, I have to say the same for you. You know, um. There's times where, I, you know, I'm, you bring the most joy, and then there's times where you anger me the most. But it's because I love you the most um, that I allow you to do that to me. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, and, and you know, and you're, and it's difficult with you sometimes because you're not, you don't, we're, we're such total opposites where I will talk to you, and you don't. You don't say anything. And, you know, I just learned how to bottle up a lot of my feelings. And then I, they come on the podcast and just put them out. Or when I have my fill of it, I just kind of just let go and cry on your shoulder. And I know that, you know, I, I know that makes you uncomfortable. But you're there. It and does you not make it. me uncomfortable. Okay. Well, I'm sorry for saying I, that. I'm a very good listener. You're just not a very good sharer. Mm, I... Not really much of note happens to me anymore. Yeah, I don't know. This is kind of we kind of went off the the the, the idea of this podcast, but I guess we are talking about what our legacy is and stuff like that. So I guess this is a good topic. You, so, um, what significant goals have you yet to realize? 
I don't know. If I knew, I'd probably realize them already. <laughs> uh, That's quite a way of looking at it. I guess my biggest goal right now is to get better and get off the fucking couch. Oh, sorry, wasn't supposed to cuss. Um, you know, I guess it's just day-to-day goals. Um, getting back to work. I might bitch about my job and stuff like that, but I do enjoy it. And I think maybe that's why I'm so down. I, I just don't feel, um, I feel worthless at this point. But like I said, I'll get out of this. So. Well, small goals are, are okay. Not everyone has to climb Mount Everest. Yeah, but I, I just feel, I mean, from when I was younger, I, 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 you know, I worked out. I did all this, you know, I did all these different things. Um, and, and like I said, I just feel like I'm, I'm bound to a couch. And that's, that's what's bothering me. I mean, I, I used to go out and socialize and I don't do it out, do that anymore. Um, you know, act like I don't care what people think, but I won't go out on my scooter because I, I, I don't like the way people look at me. You know, you know how I am when I have to use the, uh, the, um, the go, not the go kart, the, the electric scooter? The electric scooter. I fucking hate, sorry, just keep cussing in this. I hate using that. I hate the way people look. Um, you know, I, I don't mind if they look one way on my prosthetic, but when I'm in that car or that scooter, I, I, I just feel like less than, and I know it's stupid, but I don't know. I don't, I don't, I, I don't understand people who feel less than because um i'm a gay guy i'm a big gay guy so there are people who probably snicker when they i i don't let that define me i i don't i don't i don't even think about it to let it bother me yeah i mean I've never seen anyone snicker at you. Um, I, I don't see why they ever would. I mean, and I know you don't care what people think about you, but for some reason I do. I don't know why. I, we've talked about this before on the podcast, and you said, you know, if if you saw you how other people saw you, um, and I, I do worry about what people think and see and stuff like that, and I don't know why I do. I have no idea why I do. I, don't, I, I think it's just ingrained in me. Um, uh, I critique myself constantly. Um, so you talk about being a man in a prosthetic, but when someone mentions your name and I mentally think of you, I, I don't see a prosthetic. Well, I would hope not, but it's part of who I am. I mean, I don't see that as me either, but it, it has crept. It's, I mean, it's part of my life now. I mean, it's it's a reminder every day. I spent much of my early youth being criticized for not being as religious as they wanted me to be. Um, Like I was a disappointment for that. And I spent a considerable time getting over that and deciding nobody else can define me. I define myself. Oh, yeah, but and I, I, I envy that in you. 
I do. Um, not everyone's like you, though. So, um, everyone be like me. Yeah. There you go. What dreams have you denied yourself or failed to develop? Um, dreams I've denied myself or failed to develop. That's a really good question. I don't know. I don't think that's, I, I don't know. I've never, I never had like a dream board or anything like that where I, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. I kind of just went through life and just did things, you know. Um, well, I remember as a teenager, I wanted to be a science fiction writer. Mm-hmm. I did a fair amount of writing in those years. That was sort of a creative outlet for me. But unless you're unless you're Stephen King, you're not going to make a whole lot of money at it. Yeah. And I learned that writing programs is just as creative as writing books. Yeah. And that's a career that does pay and. That's where I've been. Yeah. I mean, I guess when I was a kid, I wanted to be in law enforcement. You know, that didn't pan out. But I'm happy about those decisions that I made in the past. Um, I think you would have been miserable in this city in that career. Well, at a young age when I went through the, I don't know if we went through this on the podcast, but when I interviewed and called out the detectives that did the oral board for me, I... um. It, it all turned out for the best, considering what's happened in the city recently. Uh, you know, I, I saw it coming over 20 years ago. Um, I was just saying, how many years was it before the truth came out about yeah, I mean, how the police are? Basically, what happened during my interview process, I was, it was, this was in the late 90s. I was in college. Um, I was taking classes with the chief of police at the time. And I was kind of, uh, it was the last a uh, cadet class that was going to go through the WPD on Clinton's crime bill. So what they did is they raised the score, the minimum score, to actually get into the academy to a higher level. Um, they kind of streamlined me through the whole process. And the process normally took about a year. I went through in about four months. Um, I was just a junior. Um, uh, no, I was a junior, but I was like fifth year because I partied my ass off my first four years. Um, and... Uh, I was dead set being a cop. My cop, my dad was a cop in New Jersey. And the final step was to go to the oral boards and, um, and then the Minnesota tests, which psychological tests, but we had to do all these other things beforehand. And when I went to the oral boards, I actually got into it with a, I got into an argument with one of the detectives about 20 minutes into the interview. It's about an hour and a half long, two hour long process. And I was being interviewed by three older white male detectives. And I called him out on his racism, bigotry, and homophobia. And in the middle of the uh, process, he had his illegal pad with what he was supposed to be taking notes down, put it down, and said, I'm done. Um, well, the interview kept on going, went for another hour, hour and a half, whatever. I failed by one point to make it to the academy. I was literally crushed. I absolutely crushed. Um, the, uh, you know, I had to wait for my scores. Another officer that was there told me that I failed by a point I would have to wait a year to apply again. 
and I didn't know what to say, nothing like that. I remember going back to the Trinity house, calling my mom. My mom was ecstatic because, like I said, my father was a cop. He worked third shift in New Jersey. She was always worried that she was going to get a phone call that my dad wasn't going to come home. So she did not want me to be a police officer, even, even though she knew this is what I wanted to do. I was majoring in criminal justice and all that stuff. And the thing that sucked was that night I had to write a civil torts paper um, and have it turn in the next day. So I was just mentally trained. I was pissed off. I was angry because I knew I was right, and I knew that it was bullshit that I failed. The next night, I had a class with the chief of police, and he pulled me aside after the class, and sorry, I'm going off on a tangent, um, pulled me aside and asked me if I was going to reapply. And I pretty much, no, not pretty much, I told, told him off. I was like, no, I'm absolutely not going to be part of your organization. This is what you have hiring these cadets in the future. Oh, you're basically, you have a problem within your organization, and it will come to a head. And I'm not going to be a part of this, what I believed, a crooked department. And then at the time, um, I was still closeted. Um, I never acted on my homosexual feelings. Um, and um, But what this detective said in this meeting, I don't want to get into because uh, it's neither here nor there. It just, it, it, I did the right thing. Basically, I did the right thing. And, but I told the chief that um, this, you know, you preach about community policing and stuff like this. And like I, I was trying to say, it was back then, um, I think there was one known gay officer on the, the squad because he would come and talk to some of the classes. And the, the, in the force was trying to act like it was uh, not homophobic or anything like that because it was in the late 90s. Um, it, it wasn't like it is nowadays. It's not, it wasn't acceptable um aids was still very prominent um you know uh, being gay was talked about in murmurs and in in just it, it just wasn't talked about it was frowned upon like in every every facet of life it seemed unless you were part of the gay community um let me interject something here my biggest memory of that police chief was when he was quoted in the paper saying we don't hassle the queers yeah you know which chief was right yeah and uh, there he was doing it and as he was saying it yeah so it, it's 20 years later and you've been proven right yeah and it took this long but recently here in, in wichita um there was a scandal that broke about a year ago uh, where it was a few uh, officers were uh, exchanging homophobic and racist text messages to each other, and it got covered up, um, and they're still doing an investigation about it. But everything that I thought was wrong with it came to tuition. I had to wait this long for it, but you're right. I would have been miserable. I would have been held back because it... it Eventually, my feelings would have came out, um, or I would have been closeted and, and lived a miserable life. Like you said, I would have been miserable. I think I would have been an excellent cop back or if I was younger nowadays. I, I, I don't know. That's it, it, neither here nor there. We'll never know the truth. Um, but um, it's all come around, and now things that I said 20 years ago have 
come true. So, I mean, most of those officers that did get reprimanded for the things they were would have probably been about my age or just a little bit younger, a little bit older. So, these were experienced officers. So, sorry to go off on a tangent there. Well, you should be proud of yourself for taking the high ground at an early age when you could have just as easily blended in and been miserable. Yeah. Yeah, I remember, you know, coming out was pretty scary. And, you know, now I came out and stuff like that was real scary. I lost a lot of friends. Well, I thought we were friends, but turns out they weren't. And I'm happy about that. But, uh, yeah, I, I would have went through the whole living the straight life and been miserable. So I guess it all worked out in the long end. So in the long run, I'm sorry. So let's get to the next question. Okay. Describe the person you want to become. Sean Connery. So you want to be an old Scottish person that said? <laughs> I was just trying to like No, that's fine. No, that's funny. I don't want to be anybody else. I don't think I want to either. I, I took a long time getting myself this way. I, I, I'm sure there's room for improvement. Yeah, I guess I, I just want to get off the effing couch. I guess that's what I want to become. I just want to get back to things that I enjoyed. How can I best help you become that person? Listen to me whine on a podcast. It doesn't have to be in the podcast. I know. I'll listen to you whine any day. I know. You too. Thank you. I don't know. Just be there for me like you are. So. What struggles have you already faced in trying to become that person? Well, just listen to the past podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, both of us have had our struggles between diabetes and me losing a limb. Um, we are happy people, so I don't want you guys thinking that we're not. We, we do have a very... Uh, I'm a generally happy person. It's just we go through ups and downs, and I feel like I can get on here and just kind of talk about some of my downs. Um, this is probably one of the most serious podcast we've had since the covid podcast yeah probably i think i need to go back and listen to some some of the podcasts but it's just weird um hearing yourself talk sometimes so but now most of the time these podcasts are very uh jovial i i think and i think kind of funny so all right well what demons in yourself had you had to fight i'd say my biggest demon is apathy that you don't have anything, have any, or <laughs> I'm teasing. <laughs> you you mean the, apathy, not empathy? Apathy, A P. Okay. A T H Y. I think there's there's a whole lot of terrible things in the world, but um, I th there are so many of them that well, and and perhaps. This is also tainted by the fact that I've lived through so many terrible things that it's a struggle to care. But you can't give that up. I I, I don't think I have given up, but it is a struggle. Yeah, I, I think I think you're, and this isn't nothing against you, I think you're still very angry about the whole AIDS pandemic, rightfully so. That was a big part of your life and still is. You, you've buried all your friends. Um, and compared to that, 
There's not What's much. What's going on now doesn't seem that big of a deal. Well, there's two ways to look at it. You can let it, if, if you read and watch the news all the time, it's depressing. Um, I got down during the COVID pandemic. Um, I was blind to the whole AIDS pandemic. Uh, well, I, I saw it, but I didn't live it like you did. I got to live some of the moments when we went to one of your friend's houses and you signed a quilt and that broke my heart. Um, I've heard you talk about it. Um, but if you, you can't, okay, you can't let all the horrible things that are going on in the world define you or that you just, there would be no hope in life if you just fought constantly for, how do I say this? The, the downtrodden or made everything that was bad in the world your, your, uh, your battle. Do you see what I'm trying to say? Yes. And I think it's, I think that's where the apathy comes from. You, you just can't care for too long. There, you, you don't have enough care left. Do you think you're just out of care? Y yeah. And then do you just I, I just like to settle down and and live a quiet life and Do you think that I care too much sometimes? No. Does it ever get annoying hearing me bellyache about the wrongs in the world? Um I prefer to hear you bellyache about the little things, uh, the the rude customers and things like that that aren't really so bad. Yeah. I guess things always can be worse. You know, I, I yes, yeah, things could definitely. Always you know, I mean, worse. we we don't we don't want for anything really. Um, we have each other. We have a roof above our heads. I have a sign over there on the wall that says, uh, "I was sad that I had no shoes until I met a man who had no legs." Yeah. Well, you remember when I first lost my leg, and uh, we were going to those amputee support group meetings. And, um, you know, I think it met like every, every other month on a Tuesday evening and it was your idea to go. And I think you wanted to go to those just as much for me as, as your, as for yourself. But I remember the one time going there and, you know, it's when you lose a limb and I'm sorry guys, if this is so depressing, um, it, it, it's earth shattering, um, and like you were hitting on earlier that I handled it pretty well. You know, I, I took it on like a bowl in a china shop. I think I snapped out about a week after I got out of the hospital. Good thing that there was concrete walls in my apartment, but going there was rather eye opening because you do see people there that are missing limbs. And, um, but I ran like in, both arms. I We ran How into a guy that was missing, that missing both arms and both legs. And, you know, and then meeting people through uh, my prosthesis. Uh, I, there's a woman that was shot, um, and she lost both her, her, her hands and both her feet. And it, it kind of makes losing your leg like a bump in the road. And even like when I did lose my leg, my mom, it's like the day I lost, they, Lop my leg off. I was in good spirits. I was joking around in my mom, but I was kind of down, kind of covered up. My mom's like, you know, you're going to look back on this and it's just going to be another bump in the road. 
and it is, but it does bear down on me. But then, you know, talking about and here and thinking about this, it, it, this is nothing compared to someone who has no limbs, no, none, li no, like none. I mean, like I can't imagine if I lost a hand or both my arms, not be able to write or brush your teeth, it's just things like that. I mean, it, well, I remember that woman had kind of a gallows humor. Um, she said that, you know, when she woke up and um, found out that they had amputated both of her hands, she said, the first thing I thought was, how am I going to pick my nose? Yeah. Sometimes um, humor is the best medicine. Yeah. But, okay, so we were talking about demons in yourself. You had to fight. What would you most like to change about yourself? I'd like to shut off my brain. I would like to be less uh, critical of myself. Uh, there's there's a laundry list I could go on. <laughs> well, I can identify with the wanting to shut off the brain part, especially at night. That That's where I solve all the world's problems instead of sleeping. Yeah. I, I've always had the impression you didn't have a whole lot of trouble sleeping. You just kind of closed your eyes and you were off. Mm, you know me so well, but you don't sometimes. You, <laughs> I mean, you think I sleep all the time, but I don't. So I'll just let sleeping dogs lie. Uh, but Well, I, I really wish I could sleep better. You get nine hours of sleep a night. Well, that's by going to bed early. <laughs> oh, yeah, and I mean... I'm definitely an old person who gets up at 5.30 in the morning and goes to bed at 8. Yeah, don't, yeah, and then you sleep in on the weekends till 10. Yeah. <laughs> no, I know, I'm teasing you. Okay. So, uh, sorry about that podcast, everybody. I'm not sorry. Not sorry, sorry. Um, so I guess we're at the end of the show. What is your favorite joke right now? I hope it's good because I could use a laugh. Why can't you trust an atom? Why can't you trust an atom? Yeah. I don't know why. Because they make up everything. Oh, ha, 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 ha. That's a good one, actually. All right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening to me flirt on about my problems, I guess. So, um... We hope you've enjoyed episode 38 of the Bear and Kura podcast. This is Bear. And Kura. Goodbye. Goodbye. You have been listening to the Bear and Kura podcast, a production of the Land of Oz Information Services. We can be contacted via email using the address podcast at oz.com. And Oz is spelled A-W-E-S. This show is part of the Pride 48 Network. Find all the best shows under the rainbow at Pride48.com.